0: Hi there, I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen, as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. For the last several days, we have been making our way to Genesis chapter 1, which is the text where we begin to talk about the biblical view of gender and sex. And now we are ready to dive in there. Now, recently, as we discussed evolution, we have had these verses. So you are used to hearing me talk about them. But now I will highlight a different emphasis. So, same verses, different emphasis. If you have your Bible, join me in the very first book and chapter of the Word of God, I am reading Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Highlight the end of verse 27. Male and female... God created them. There are the two genders God has made. There is male and there is female. Two genders. Only two genders. And it has been this way ever since. The first man Adam and the first woman Eve procreate and produce children and on and on the generations go until we come to you and me. All of us are children of Adam and Eve. In verse 26, the man and the woman have some things in common. First, they are both made in the image of God. Let us make man in our image. The word man there is reflective of both the man and the woman, human beings, persons. Male and female are both made in the image of God. This is reiterated in verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Transgender definitely attacks that we are all image bearers of the living God. God made the male to bear his image, and God made the female to bear his image. And there is something about being made a man or being made a woman that is reflective of who God is. So when people, sinfully, reject who they are made to be, when they determine that even though I was born a man, I am now a woman, or even though I was born a woman, I am now a man, or someone in between, then what they are saying is the way God made me is not good enough. And this is an offense to God. Furthermore, it is an offense to God to invent other genders. The last time we said there are at last count 107 genders, according to the transgender alternative universe of thought. A Genesis lays out in plain and easy-to-understand language exactly what God did, what God still does. He makes male and female, period. But in the last several years, really, like up until very recently, now we are being told that people can gender identify however they want. This is a direct assault on the divine design. This reminds me of what was said of Israel in the book of the Judges. This is Judges chapter 21 and verse 25. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Tragically, that certainly describes our culture in one sentence, doesn't it? Again today, I kid you not, here is a sampling of some of the options for gender now listed on the Internet. Ambonek, identifying as both man and woman, yet neither at the same time. Apcons cons you gender, a gender where you know what it is not, but not what it is. The gender is hiding itself from you. What? And then there is heliogender, a gender that is warm and burning. And hydrogender, a gender that shares qualities with water. Perigender, identifying with a gender, but not as gender, and one of many more, verang gender, a gender that seems to shift, change, the moment it is identified. This is what we get when everyone does what is right in their own eyes. People are just sitting around making up names and definitions for various quote-unquote genders. What is interesting and sensible is that when I typed each one of these words into today's manuscript that I am now reading from, Spellcheck denied these words even exist, and I struggled to pronounce them. And of course, because this is absurd, but this is how people define gender. And a hat tip to Dr. Georgia Purdom for pointing these out to me. Well, let's hurry back to the Bible and wash that nonsense from our minds. We are talking about what the man and the woman have in common. First, they are both made in the image of God. Let us make man in our image. Second, both the man and the woman were made to rule the creation. We have talked about this. Both male and female are God's vice-regents to rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That's in verse 26 and reiterated in verse 28. The two genders rule over God's creation. And the third thing the man and the woman have in common is that they are both commanded to procreate to be fruitful and to multiply and fill the earth. That is what Genesis 1 verse 28 says. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The meaning here is again an obvious one. Man and woman are to have sexual intercourse with one another. Then the woman will get pregnant and she will give birth to the son or the daughter. And this will happen more than once and as more... Men and women are born, they will marry one another and have sexual intercourse, and that woman will get pregnant and give birth, and as this repeats itself, the multiplication of people will be a reality that fills the earth. Ah, But herein we find a difference between the man and the woman. In order for them to procreate, the divine design of their bodies are not the same, but different. This distinction is biological and organized for reproduction. Again, I almost cannot believe I have to say this, but I do. It takes a man for a woman to get pregnant. If you are a man, look down. What do you see? God has made your body with certain parts. If you are a woman, look down. What do you see? God has made your body with certain parts the biology is different between the man and the woman why but genesis 1 verse 28 answers so that man and woman can be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and yes i am aware this touches on marriage our next topic but the point here is clear there's a deep connection between how god made the male and how god made the female He gave them different body parts, different genitalia on purpose so they could engage in sexual intercourse and produce children. This is how it has always worked and this is how it will always work. I am aware of objections to what quote-unquote science is working on. Objections to this, but I am not going to take time today to discuss those. Last time, when we considered the definition of transgender, we read that, quote, sex they were assigned at birth. Meaning that even though one's doctor and one's parents determine a girl was a girl and a boy was a boy at birth, they were just assigned that sex. In other words, it can be changed. But your body does not lie. Your body is a God construct, not a social construct. Men have certain genitalia for a reason. Women have different genitalia for a reason. It is so that we can reproduce. A man cannot reproduce on his own. Woman cannot reproduce on her own. It takes the two together. And so God in his wisdom created two genders, male and female. And there are biological differences between the two. So from the beginning, there are things the man and the woman have in common, and there are things that are different. This is why it is so instructive to go back to the very beginning in Genesis. I hope you follow along and this makes sense to you. I am going to give you time to think about this, and we will start here again when you join me and all these other listeners next time. As we close this reminder, Are you finding what you have heard on God is helpful thus far? If so, can you write and tell me about it? I want to hear from you. My addresses are always repeated at the end, so jot down my email and mailing address and send me your note. I will give them to you now so you can capture them. By email, it's mark at godisministry.org. That's M A R K at GodIsMinistry.org By regular mail, God Is, P.O. Box 802, Winchester, Massachusetts, 01890 Include with your correspondence how you listen, and if by radio, what station. And then, join us next time, because God is! Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast drop me an email and tell me what you think. mark at godisministry.org That's mark at godisministry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.